0: I was walking through the fixed department the other day and saw a case that uh, caught my eye. The first thing I noticed was this tray. This is a tray I'm not familiar with. It looks a lot like the Clinician's Choice Quad Tray Extreme, except it's not rounded like it is here. It's kind of a triangle shape, but you can see that it's that same stiff type of metal. And when I try to squeeze the impression tray, even here in the back, I cannot get it to move or flex at all and so I'm a big fan of uh, if I'm gonna use a disposable double arch tray I'm definitely gonna use one of the metal ones like this or the clinicians choice I'm just not sure who makes this particular one Um, but what I'm not gonna do usually if I'm doing a double arch tray is to take an impression for a a three-unit bridge like you see here Uh, the doctor has requested a material that we just recently introduced called obsidian he's gonna use it for a three uh, unit bridge. This is from tooth number 11 to tooth number 13, so from the cuspid back here to the second bicuspid. And uh, the obsidian material is on par in terms of flexural strength with uh, IPS Emax. So it's got that same uh, 360 to 400 kind of megapascals of flexural strength. To me, it's almost pushing the limit to do a bridge like that with this material. It should be fine. Uh, but if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it in Bruxer or um, Uh, You could even consider PFM for a case like this. Uh, I think this is at the outside limits of what I would want to do with this material or with Emax, but really the bigger issue is the fact that a double arch tray was used uh, for this three unit bridge and as you can see we have no other uh, teeth posterior to that last prep. And in fact we don't see many teeth represented anterior uh, to where the cuspid has been prepared and that's kind of a problem. So if we look at the model work for this particular case you're going to notice that we, we can see the preps pretty well, and they're actually fairly clean preparations. You know, as we look down on it from here, we can see that um, we are underprepared, probably on the lingual surface here. This happens a lot, where we go in and uh, the side of the tooth that faces away from us. It's a little more difficult to get as much reduction as we can here uh, on the buckle. So really, when you look at this prep alone with kind of the minimal reduction that was done there that kind of screams Bruxer as well. Um, In fact, if I was the technician in charge of this case, I would look at this and I might call the doctor and say, is there any way we can do Bruxer uh, instead of obsidian because we've got some really thin kind of feather edge margins, some very straight up and down walls. And if we make it an obsidian, we're going to have to make it bulkier. And uh, the obsidian material, uh, like Emax, does not like feather edge margins. Looking at the cuspid prep here, that looks pretty good. That appears to be reduced enough on the lingual. We have that nice concave shape. Again, the margins are a little thin for a material like this, but really the issue comes down to the fact that it was taken in the double arch tray. So let's occlude this model, and we're going to see what we have here. We've actually got, you know, the two preps across from the uh, opposing arch, and then literally a third of the tooth in front of the cuspid. So just, we're seeing just a tiny, tiny little portion of this lateral incisor in front of this and as you might imagine it's going to make it really difficult to get good function on this bridge. Uh, the doctor did send us a uh, bite registration that I'll go ahead and put in here now. I'm not sure, perhaps he was not confident with, um, with the bite as registered in the double arch tray and I'll close the model down into the bite registration and the pins all the way down so you can see that appears to be mounted accurately but if I open this up and take the bite registration out and we'll close it again and I'll just rotate the models around we can see some space between that lateral incisor and the lower tooth that space right along in here and so it makes me wonder when I look at it if in fact the patient is closed down all the way at this point But you can see that with just nothing else besides the bridge articulating against the opposing models can be really difficult to go in here and try to get any kind of function, go into any kind of protrusive or anything else. And this is one of the reasons why we get so excited here at the lab about saying, boy, if you're going to do a three-unit bridge or more than two single crowns adjacent next to each other, please take... Uh, full arch impressions, you know, upper and lower, because you can imagine how much easier it would be for our technicians to dial in everything if we had the arch coming all the way over the side. We could verify the occlusion on the contralateral side, and then we could also probably take this uh, take this uh, set of models through the different excursions and make sure that when you uh, put this bridge into place, you're not going to be uh, bumping into the bridge or anything like that. So. Those are my two suggestions for this case. The, the first one is anytime we're doing a bridge whether it's just a little three unit bridge or say a big six unit bridge we're going to want to do full arch impressions upper and lower with a separate bite registration. And my second suggestion would be when we do have a minimally prep case like this even though we might want to go with something that um, on the surface might be a little more aesthetic like obsidian if we're going to do minimal uh, preparation like this this is the case that's going to call for Bruxer because Bruxer is really the only tooth color material that's going to be able to handle that kind of conservative preparation and those feather edge margins